Well, thank you for joining me for another time of a break, a serenity break, as these are called. These uh, times when we can spend several minutes together kind of resetting our day or evening, or if you're a night owl, uh, you can spend some time together uh, recapturing a sense of serenity, hopefully. That's the point, is to have a time to refresh and regroup and recoup so we can get back to what we're doing and uh, do so with a sense of uh, spiritual refreshment. I want to talk with you today about what it means to be in Christ, to be in Him. It's a very important phrase that Paul uses in Ephesians several times, Ephesians chapter 1. And so does John in 1 John. Uh, what does it mean to be in Him? And so I'm going to read from a text here, 1 John chapter 2. My target verse is verse 6. Whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus did. Let me read that again. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So let's read the context now. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one. What you've had since the beginning, this old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. So this is pretty um, impactful here because he says in verse 5, but if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete uh, in him. This is how, in them, this is how we know we are in him. Now this is an important acid test. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Now that's not something we do much. We don't we would we don't typically talk to new converts that way. We're so anxious to get them to pray the sinner's prayer and then assure them that they're saved because they said the sinner's prayer, uh, or to comfort somebody who comes down to the altar, or in our little evangelistic efforts, we we want people to pray and join the church, and sometimes we are more concerned about getting them to join the church and we are then becoming Christians. We don't emphasize what it means to be in him. We, we want people to believe in Jesus. We preach that people should believe in Jesus, and rightly so. But what we don't preach is how they can know they are in him. And John gives us this clear test. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Now, if you're a literalist, you're going to say, well, that means we have to sell everything, move to the Middle East, move to Galilee, and we have to be uh, become a carpenter, and we have to do these. No, 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 no. We're not talking that kind of literalism. What does he mean then that we must live as he did? Well, the context is what saves us, isn't it? We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. So John is addressing the need, the need for Christian obedience here. 
and obedience that is grounded in love. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. So what does it mean to live as Jesus lived? It means to walk in loving obedience. Let me uh, give you a, a wonderful example. One of my favorite examples uh, is at the end of John chapter 14. I remember I've read this text many times prior to this moment, but I remember the moment I read this, and it just hit me like a bolt of lightning. Jesus says, he's speaking to his disciples, and at the end he says, I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he who comes, but he comes, so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Jesus did exactly as the Father had commanded him in order to display his love for the Father to the world. We get so subjective sometimes in our faith. We get so obsessed with God's love for us only that we forget that we're also to display our love for God. And how do we do that? If we are living like Jesus lived, we are displaying our love for God before the world by tender, loving, unconditional obedience. So we know that we are in him if we live as Jesus lived. And this is about obedience. But it's an obedience that's grounded in, empowered by, motivated by love. So that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Love and obedience are inseparable. So if you're interested in spiritual maturity, if you're interested in spiritual health, which is directly tied to your mental and relational health, then you will want to spend your life as a display of obedience to the known will of God in love. Loving obedience to the Father and sacrificial love for others. What a wonderful privilege to do so. It doesn't take anything to hate people. That's pretty, that's pretty typical. There's nothing unusual about that in the world. It doesn't take anything to be uh, selfish or self-centered. There's, uh, there's, there's nothing abnormal about that. That's pretty, that's pretty widely seen in the world. But a person who lives out and displays love for God through their obedience to his will and sacrificial love for others, that's a rare person. And I dare say, that's a rare Christian, sadly. So let's raise our sights here a little bit. Let's go back into our day with a refreshed understanding that our job is to go out into the world and display our love for God, not by our church attendance only, not by our giving, not by our uh, avoiding the gross moral sins, but by 
doing what he commands, his, the known will of God, and sacrificial love for others. Well, may the Lord bless you the rest of your day or evening, or if you're a night owl, the rest of your night. And uh, let's get about living as Jesus did. Amen?